Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, a podcast and YouTube series hosted by real estate investor, author, and coach Brian O'Neill. Tune in each week as we interview business owners who have successfully planned and executed their W2 Prison Break. You'll hear their stories, learn about their challenges, and what ultimately pushed them over the edge and gave them the courage to break free. Most importantly, you'll discover they are not much different than you. Listen in each week as we give you useful insights and action items to start your W-2 prison break and get you on the path you were always meant to be on. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the W-2 Prison Break Show. So grateful that you're here with me today and my super awesome guest. You're going to love this guest today. I say that every week. I know that. But you're really going to love this guest today. Before we get into who our guest is and all of the awesomeness that you're about to hear, I just want to take the time, as I do every week, to just give you my gratitude for being here every week, for supporting the show. For those of you who have left ratings and reviews, super grateful and supporting our mission to educate and inspire 1 million people to quit their W-2 jobs and start the business of their dreams by the end of 2026. Cannot do it alone, and I just appreciate all the support. means the world to me. Okay, so today our guest is David Nurse. If you don't know who David Nurse is, you're about to learn. This guy has worked with hundreds of NBA players. He's an NBA mindset coach. He's a world renowned. He's a top 50 keynote speaker in the world. Top 50 keynote speaker in the world. I've had the pleasure of listening to him multiple times live on stage as part of the real estate mastermind that I'm a part of. I've learned so much from David, and you're about to learn a ton from him. He's got a brand new book coming out, and you are going to want to pick this book up for sure. It's called Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action. That's what we're going to be talking about today, how to take action, okay? How to get from the unstuck position to the action position, moving towards your life rhythm. And David's going to teach us that today. He's taught me so much, and I know that he's going to bring the fire today. So without further delay, here we go. David, welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, man. So good to have you on. Are you ready to bring the fire today? Brian, I think I am ready to break out of prison. It's probably the coolest name of any podcast, the prison break. Like already I'm feeling like, okay, it's on. Let's go. So yeah, let's do it. It's definitely on. And thank you for the name recognition there. (laughs) We've met before. We met last September in person for the first time. You've helped me a lot with a lot of different things in my life. And I was prepping for the interview a little bit. I went to my notes, right? I went to my notes from that event back in September. And I get inspired by words and by phrases, like sometimes one or two word phrases. And I circled it. It's in this book. And it says, don't give upness. (laughs) Don't give upness. What does that mean to you, David? That's your phrase. And I love it. I think about it all the time. Thank you for bringing that one up. That is one of my favorite terms that I think should be in the dictionary because it is the ultimate success formula, I would tell somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot that goes into that don't give upness, but ultimately, if you can live your life in, on the mission and path that you're on without completely giving up, there's a big difference between giving up and pivoting in a different perspective in a different direction. And that's where the key is. And and I tell people, this is how I look at it. Life is a long hallway. 
Okay, you start at the back of the hallway. The end is when your life ends. But along this journey, there's doors on the left side and the right side, and you enter this door on the left, and you learn something here. Okay, you take that, and it could be the reason you walk out of that door down the hallway could be for different reasons. It could be you got fired. Now, some people will give up right at that moment. They're like, well, I got fired. It's over. No, it's not. You learned all of these skills in this given job career that you had. Like, for example, of me trying to play in the NBA, but I didn't have any athletic ability. It was more for being able to coach people. Take those skills. Now you're going down the hallway again. You entered the door on the right. All right. Well, this is really hard. Like I've been banging my head against the wall, Brian, for four years and I just can't do it. I can't produce anything. Do I quit? Do I give up? No. Okay. I learned all these skill sets to be able to use to something else. And ultimately, at some point, some sooner than others, you will find that ultimate rhythm. You will find just the time where you feel like, man, I am so in step. And that's literally what I feel like now. It's been 13 years to get to this moment where I'm at after I got cut from playing basketball and thinking I was going to play in the NBA, but I was playing a joke of a league over in Spain. 13 years to get to the point where I'm just, I'm finally like really in my zone and speaking a lot. And I just freaking love it, man. It's crazy that you can get paid what you get to speak when ultimately, like I'd probably do it for free. Don't tell anybody that, but it's when you know you're in your zone. So long story short, if you have this don't give upness ability, you are going to be successful. It's just a matter of time. And that's it. You nailed it. A matter of time. I think, especially in today's society where everything is instant gratification, like nobody seems to be willing to wait for anything anymore. And you just said, hey, it's been 13 years, right? And when you got cut from your team, and I would argue that that was a joke of a league. Come on, David. You were a good player, right? You're teaching hundreds. I don't know if I'd be able to take you one-on-one. And I know I got the height advantage on you, but in all seriousness, it took you a long time to get to where you are. When you got cut, did you see this vision? A lot of things could have happened. I mean, you could have just wallowed and complained and become the victim. You chose not to do that. So did you see this path when you got cut? Oh, I wallowed for about six months. I sure played the victim and I definitely wallowed, Brian, no doubt. And no, I did not see this path at all. I didn't even see this path when I was on my mission and journey to coach in the NBA. But it was a moment and I think our lives Obviously, our lives have many minutes, but I think they are defined by the moments that we have that we can remember these certain things, these impactful moments we have. And my mom said this thing when I was sitting back, kicked out in the recliner chair, living on my parents' recliner couch, feeling bad for myself. She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. That was my moment because I had never heard that before. And that was my realization, what I call these snapshots snapshot moments that you can always go back to that told me, hey, everything that you poured into playing in the NBA is for actually coaching more athletic, God-given ability, seven-foot height players. So yeah, that was, I would say, the moment I realized it's not all like if you fail, if you lose out, it's not for loss. Now you ask the question, hey, did you ever foresee what you'd be doing today? I didn't. It took me five years to get an NBA coaching job as a de- development coach. I thought I was in the NBA, found my dream job. I end up getting fired after the first year that I was there. New head coach comes on. They bring on their own staff. Once again, I wallowed. I felt bad for myself. But 
the one door closing for opening the skill sets that I learned there. Now I go coach individual MBA players, make connections with agents. I decide, hey, you know what? I had 28 NBA superstars on the court at one time in the off season years ago and just didn't find the fulfillment from it. But I did know there was a piece of that that I loved. And it was the encouragement, the enthusiasm, just helping people, these players, take it to a next level and do something bigger than just on the basketball court. I said, well, I love inspiring. There's got to be something I can do with this. Oh, you can speak. Oh, you can coach people individually in groups. Oh, you can write books. So all of that being said, as you can see the long hallway, my life has been the epitome of that. Go in the door, shuts. What did I learn? Next one, next one, next one. Where I'm at now, I love it. But I could be completely different spot 10 years from now. Like I'm in the process, I'm talking with some people that, to produce a TV show. Like that's another goal of mine to do. Nice. I just love continuing to grow and continuing to do and ultimately continuing to pour into other people. Like you were saying very kindly, like, hey, you've helped me with something. Like that makes my day. That makes me feel so, so good because you've gotten something out of the things that have been coming out of my mouth. Hey there, back to the episode in just a moment. Are you a homeowner in the Chicagoland area who's struggling to sell your home or even own nothing and looking to maximize your price before the market slides? Are you tired of the traditional home selling process that takes months and costs you thousands in fees and repairs? Whether you're facing foreclosure, going through a divorce, or simply need to sell your home fast, WeBuyHousesChicago.org can help. We've been buying homes in Chicago since 2019 and we specialize in helping sellers who are stuck. Unlike traditional real estate buyers, we buy homes as is and can close in as little as seven days. No repairs, no inspections, and no fees. Just a fast, hassle-free sale. Let WeBuyHousesChicago.org help you sell your home and move on to the next phase of your life. Call or text us today at 312-500-6121. If you know someone who is struggling to sell their home or simply just wants top price, please share this message with them. As a listener of the W2 Prison Break Show, WeBuyHouseOfChicago.org will pay you for your referral. If you send us a referral and we buy their house, we will pay you a $1,000 referral fee. Simply have your referral mention the W2 Prison Break Show. Let's get back to the show. Definitely have. And I just got another one. I love the long hallway reference. I know the listeners are going to love that as well. It really kind of gives you a good visual of life. One door closes, four open. Awesome. Great stuff. I love to make sports references. I do it all the time when I coach students. I do it on this podcast all the time. And I always watch, you know, watch whether it's the NBA or whether it's the NFL, any sport, you know, watching from the sidelines. It's like, man, those guys make it look so easy. Like, how do they do that? How are they that good? And there's a lot of people listening right now, David, who are on the sidelines. They're on the sidelines. They want to get on the court, right? They want to get on the court of life, if you will. They're stuck. They don't know what to do. How do I get to be like the guys or the women, who, you know, if you're watching professional sports, how do I get to that point? How do we get unstuck? And how do we get to the point like where we start to take action to get to our vision, our life vision, as you say, down the end of that long hallway? So that's a good question, Brian. It's such an important question. And I would like to paint the visual in your mind that if you are stuck and you are stuck in mud, what are you trying to do? Like, what is your first motion or first thought of emotion? 
It's probably to bring your leg up as hard as you can and try to take that first step out, right? But it's very hard to do to get out of that stuck. But it is that notion of taking that first step because inaction in itself, inaction, like not taking a step at all, is also a vote of action where you're not doing anything. So the reason literally, and you set this up so beautifully, that I wrote this book, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action, is because everybody, whether you're ultimately stuck or you want to just go to another level than where you are right now, from the spot you are at today where you're listening to this podcast to where you want to be, your ultimate self, the full potential reaching that, where you want to be, in between that is a gap. And that gap is based on taking action. Now, there's definitely specific game plans and roadmaps to create, like setting goals, which become mile markers for your ultimate mission and understanding, hey, what do you love doing as your passion? But does that passion align with the purpose for a bigger purpose for other people? Okay, passion plus purpose equals mission. But to say, hey, the first step is taking that step. But also what you got to understand is, and what most people don't talk about is, there's something, there's a roadblock in your way. There's some type of fear-based, uncertain future outcome that is holding you back from taking that step. And that's why I went on this three-year journey study of research, personal surveys, all these studies of what holds people back. And ultimately, it is, like I said, it's fear. It's fear-based uncertainty of the results if you take this action, but it can be broken down into different subpoints, which I call action archetypes. So for example, I'll give you a few. The allodaxophobic, which means fear of other people's opinions. So you're stuck in that mud, not taking a step because you're afraid of what people around you might think. Very, very common. Or you were burned in the past. Somebody burnt you. So why would you take action on that if you already got burnt? Or you have a scarcity mindset. Well, I can't take action because it's actually a risk. And if I risk, I might lose it all. So I better just stuff all my money under my bed sheets and hold on to it. And there's six other, I came up with nine action archetypes, the main reasons why people don't take action. So the important thing to know is, one, you have to try to take that step. No matter how much you might be stuck, you have to take action forward. Even if it's in the wrong direction long term, like we were talking about, you will learn some type of skill set that will be applicable for your future life rhythm when you're in full stride. And then also it's to become aware of what's holding you back. Like when I spoke about being burnt. So there's a thing called traumatic age regression. And people don't even know they have this. 70% of US adults struggle from this, not to like their fault, but it's when something happens in your past where you are now frozen in that moment. And until you address it and basically become aware of it and accept it, you can't move on. It's like if you had a bad childhood and you went back to your childhood home, guess where you go back to mentally as a child? You're stuck there until you accept that and forgive that. So there's many things that can be of these roadblocks. It's just how do we become aware of it? And I'm kind of biased, Brian, but I think this book does a fabulous job of helping you find that. (laughs) Hey, look, I agree completely. I can't wait to read it. I've read your other books breakthrough and pivot and go. And I mean, awesome stuff. So I'm looking forward to reading that. You said a couple of things that really resonated with me there, which was number one, awareness. You have to be aware. 
right? The, of the fact that you are stuck. Most people don't know they're stuck. They're just kind of, you know, floating around. And the other is take action, even if it's the wrong direction. So many people are afraid if they make a move that they're going to make the wrong move. And then again, all the projected fears that you mentioned, like what are the kind of people think? It's all projection. Like what holds us back is us, right? Ultimately. Totally. Yep. Yeah. All right. So David, great share. The guys that you work with in the MBA, I'm super curious though, I think the listeners are too. The top guys, the top elite level guys, the all-stars. I assume that they have things in common, all of them. What are the things that really separate them from the other guys who maybe are not the all-stars? Such a good question too. And this is what I literally call the NBA all-star formula. And I've been blessed to now have 30 NBA all-star appearances of the players that I've worked with. It now accumulates to $3.6 billion in total contracts. Say that because it sounds cool. Now I haven't got any percentage of that. So probably done a bad job. You know, I'm, agents take it all. But no, so the formula is I've broken it down to three things that every single one of these guys have. The first one is understanding your God-given talent. So this is like the ultimate strength. This is Kyle Korver, player that I grew up with, one of the top five NBA shooters of all time. I've worked with a lot. He knew he was a very, very good three-point shooter. He also knew he wasn't a very good ball handler or a slasher or a rebounder. So instead of saying, hey, I'm going to try to improve all my weaknesses, he said, no, I'm going to make my strength so freaking elite that nobody can take me off the court. I am a specialist in that. So that's a key, knowing your strength, knowing your elite strength. The next one is what I call insatiable drive. Insatiable drive means, and it's simply this. I got to the point where I could tell you from the moment I met a potential NBA all-star, if they would actually have the chance of really making it, or if that potential was just basically a bunch of BS. It was on this. Do they drag me to the gym or do I have to drag them to the gym? Meaning, are they telling me, hey, I want to work out. Hey, I got to get in the gym. Hey, let's get in the gym. Or is it, hey, we have a 7 a.m. workout. I need you to be there on time. Huge, huge, huge difference. Because that's whether they wanted it, they had the insatiable drive or not. Mm -hmm. And the last point is just relentless consistency when the lights aren't on. It doesn't have to be a game. Nobody's watching. There's no social media influence going on. It's just day after day after day. Are they putting in the commitment? Not just on court for the two hours, but the 22 unseen hours where it's recovery, it's mental work, it's nutrition. Are they continuing to put in this monotonous, habitual work when nobody's even watching? That's the relentless consistency piece of it. So those are the three things that every single one of these all-star has. I love that. I love the three-step formula. Can number two be taught? Or can it be learned? Yeah, you know what? That's actually a really good question too, Brian. And I've thought of a lot about this. It can to an extent. So what I mean by that is, I think you can motivate somebody intrinsically to an extent. Now we are all born with certain amount of attributes. And a friend of mine, Rich Davini, wrote a great book on this called Attributes, where he breaks down like the 27 different attributes, like drive, grit, motivation. You are born with certain levels of those. So let's say that, Ryan, you're born with 98% wisdom and I'm born with like 30%. I got to work a lot harder on that than you do. But let's say I have grit and you don't. So you have to work a lot harder on that. To a certain capacity, you can get to insatiable drive. Now, the guys who are have it born with that, you can tell they're the guys that just love to be in the gym. There's a player 
I worked with, he came out of Kentucky after his freshman year, but he wasn't highly touted and he's probably going to be a late first round pick. And the first time he came into the gym, nobody really knew about it. He had probably 2000 Instagram followers. He wasn't a big deal at all. And I have these pictures of him when he's just this young, innocent kid, which is funny now to send to him. But the first workout, like we try to crush these guys just to show them what these NBA workouts are going to be like and just kind of, you know, test where they're at. And he was going at it for two hours, just sweating through his shirts. And I'm about to pass out after the workout myself. And after the workout was done, he comes up to me and he says, when are we going tonight? And I was like, oh, God, this guy's different. And he's going to wear me out this offseason. And his name is Shea Alexander. He's an NBA All-Star this year, signed a $206 million contract, probably one of the best point guards overall players in the NBA because he's just had that insatiable drive. Awesome. I like that you said that it could be taught to an extent, because I think a lot of people, they see that, well, that he's born with that, or she's born with that, right? And they don't think that they're capable of it. So I'm glad that we are capable of it to an extent. We're On- capable of anything other than height. I haven't figured out how to manipulate height, but I think any kind of skill set or attribute, I think you're born to it with an extent, but you can develop literally anything. I think it's a very big, like an excuse that people will say like, well, they were born with it. It's actually just to make the person feel better about themselves because they don't have what that other person has and they're ultimately jealous of it. Yep. So I think that's what it really comes down to. And most people won't question that, Ryan. They'll be like, oh yeah, you're right. They were probably born with it. So there's no one really to call you out, but I'm here to call you out if you're saying that somebody else was born with it. There you go. There it is. Call us out. And which kind of leads into your number three, your third step, which is you have to be relentless. You got to do the stuff when nobody's watching. You got to do the boring stuff. And I think that I don't know if you agree with this or not, David, but my personal growth has always come from, because I'm a creature of habits, so we're all creatures of habit. I like to think I have good habits, but my wins, my growth have always been on the days where I didn't want to do it. I tried my best to talk myself out of it and I still did it anyways. I think those are the days where I've grown. Yeah, totally. Because then, you know, like, no matter what situation thrown your way, you've overcome the ultimate defender, the ultimate obstacle there is your own mind. But yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, awesome. So the new book is coming out Mm -hmm. soon. May 4th. May the 4th. Other than Amazon, obviously, where would be a great place for the listeners to go grab that? And the listeners, you need to go grab this book, I'm telling you. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, Amazon is great. Barnes and Nobles, great. Any local bookstores, anywhere. Here's the hack, too. I just learned this this time. I love it when people say, hey, David, I bought 10 books on Amazon. That's awesome. Do you know what's better? If 10 individuals buy individually from their own accounts, because Amazon has this thing down to a science. So if you do want to buy 10 books, I love you. Please message me on social media or email me. Very easy to get a hold of. And I'll send you worksheets. I'll send you free videos. I'll send you whatever. But there's the hack. And you know what I just thought of, too? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even think of it before. May 4th. I'm not even a Star Wars guy, but I think that's like a Star Wars day. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some kind of play around the book in Star Wars. Now you got me thinking, Brian. I know you will. You're a very creative guy. So we got a little bit more time left. I want to ask you about your habits. You're a super successful guy. You're speaking all over the place. And again, your hallway looks pretty darn good. It's going to look better. What are the habits, one or two, three, whatever, that you think really moves the needle for you and sets you apart that you're doing consistently? Man, I love this question too. So let me just 
spit out any habits that I can think of that are really my game changers. I don't want to give the main boring ones like morning routine and morning routine is important, but more for me, it's the time to spend with God in a bigger picture than just going right into the rat race of work. So I always take an ice cold shower in the morning just because it's a more of one of those mental toughness type things of like, oh, this sucks. And it also wakes me up. Big coffee guy, love the process of making coffee. I think you have to have something you look forward to in the morning to get you out of bed as well. And I always look forward to that cup of coffee. It's an ultimate cup that I make. And it's like I said, I'm spending some time just talking to God or reading a devotional just to put my mind in a good place and realize like all this kind of stuff that I'm trying to build, trying to do, it's really not that big of a deal. It's not that important. So it helps me a lot with perspective. Let's see, I always do some kind of movement. I mean, workouts about five times a week as far as lifting weights. And I'll walk on a treadmill while doing emails and working creative work in the morning. That's a little hack. So I'm getting in my steps and I'm walking Hmm. with the computer right there. Yeah, you know what? Okay, here's one. Here's a one. I take a Sunday Sabbath or one day a week. I do not do any work, check any emails, message anybody. It's a big time recharge. Literally says it in the Bible multiple times. It's one of the Ten Commandments. The only commandment that people laugh at, say like, "Oh no, you got to work through it." No, I get way more done when I do that, and it's really exciting to look forward to that day. I make sure that I do like part of my job and part of what I love doing is pouring into other people. But I totally make sure that I am very, very tight with my time giving it away to other people because my wife is my most important person that I want to make sure I always have time for her to pour into her. I don't want to be one of those people that like, oh, he looks like a great guy. And then he has no time for his wife like that. I hate people like that. So I'm very, very tight with my time and what I actually say yes to. Those are some things. And I mean, we could go down the habits of what I eat kind of stuff, but I think those are three like really important things that I do. Totally. I love the reason to get up in the morning and it's the simplest thing, making your coffee. So I can't wait to drink this cup of coffee one day. Maybe. I don't know if I'm ever, you know, out of your way. (laughs) Come on over, Brian. Yeah. I'll make you some coffee in the morning. I mean, that's a reason to get out of bed in the morning if I ever heard one. So David, you're the best man. I appreciate you. You've taught me so much and pouring into others without expecting anything in return is something I think about on a daily basis. So appreciate you. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, make it a great day, man. You're the best, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Don't forget, you can watch all full episodes on our YouTube channel. Definitely check that out and please subscribe. Go to www.w2prisonbreak.com to learn more. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review so we can continue to support you and the thousands of others planning their W-2 prison break. Here's to busting you out.